everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read and Weave. This is our Seattle Rewatch Club, Season 10, Episode 15 of Top Chef. We're talking about Glacier Gourmand. Gourmand. Glacier Gourmand. Um, I am Alex. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles with my chum, Megan. Hey, buddy. Hey. Also joining us from Northern California, we have Ez and Sarah and possibly Monsters, Inc. Hello. Boo. And also joining us in Brooklyn, New York at the moment, just Chris. Hey there. Um, it never just Chris. It's Chris. No, it's hey, hey. I don't, um, I don't know. What, what do you also, want? also rounding us out in Los Angeles, it is new Sarah and Kyle is the captain now. Ahoy. Avast. <laughs> That's jokes just for us. No one else gets to get that. Um, so before we started, as was telling us about a six week uh, job working at a movie theater when he was just 16. Um, and I think that's a perfect jumping off point for this. So Ezra, our intro question, we'll start with you. When was the first time in your life you realized you wanted to be a movie theater popcorn cleaner? Hmm. I think it was when I was told that if you worked at a movie theater, you could get free tickets to any movie. <laughs> um, the problem being the movie theater I worked at. And, and, and so, uh, um, and it was playing monsters Inc, which is why uh, we're yeah. talking about it. Um, uh, it only had the one screen. And so you really had to do a whole like bit of effort in order to get like comps at any other, uh, like of the chain of movie theaters. And it was just like, uh, it really like, you can get unlimited viewings of this one movie at a time. Yeah. Or you can get someone to call, you can like, you can call your manager who will call another manager and then they will put like, uh, comps uh. on reserves at a different one. But that was like effort. And we only like did that one. So I think we saw shallow Hal, which was not worth paying for, for sure. So that was good. But also, the eyeball yeah, time man, imagine great. being the manager who's like, look, I have to, I'm sorry to call you at your job, but this kid really wants to see shallow <laughs> Hal. Um, okay, so for the rest of the team, what is the time in your life you knew you wanted to be, uh, insert your job title here? Hmm. Oh, well, I obviously knew I wanted to be a lifeguard when I found out they got free cheer one slushies. <laughs> uh and they could also <laughs> cut the line at the snack bar to get a cheer one slushie before they went on the stand. <laughs> was it also after seeing the Sandlot where you're like, wow, like a kid might like a uh, fake dine in order to make out with me? And you're no, like, that okay. wasn't uh, that was so far from my priorities. As <laughs> really? <laughs> Listen, no one... if you've ever had a cheer wine slushie, you'd probably get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we. Uh, we talked about Cheerwine a couple seasons ago, a little while back. We, we, yeah, because I think like, it was featured. And when then we, we we got some. Uh, well, I, I picked some up for um, our uh, our summer fun drink session. Oh yes, we talked about it on on Read and Weep on the on the summer beverages. Yeah, that is a sugary, tasty treat. Mm-hmm. It's it feels wild. I can only have one like every like three years or so, <laughs> and it's, it's always like, system. wow, <laughs> I'm too grown up for this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it, I, it may, the way you guys are talking makes me think that all these people should have done as their inspiration. The reason they all knew they wanted to be chefs is because they got free food. <laughs> free food, yeah, that's what <laughs> Brooke was just sitting there at four years old watching Julia Child being like, "I bet I could get access to all the free food. <laughs> I bet she can lick that bowl whenever she wants. She's Julia Child." <laughs> um, uh, it's true. No one's going to stop Julia Child from licking that bowl if she wants it. So that's true. Yeah. Man, that's the ser- that's the uh, um, that's the Julia Child outtakes. I'd like to see the bloopers where she's just licking all the balls. Yeah, Coco Van free ninety nine licks. Let's do it. <laughs> um, Sarah Classic, did you have a moment like that? Since your career is like one of the classic careers where people could have had that realization, whereas most of ours aren't. I don't think. I, did you have that? I don't know if I had a moment, but I suppose this is more serious. But I guess I I. Want, I knew I wanted to be an immigration lawyer when I found out that people were deported. And I was like, hmm, that's bad. <laughs> the first time you even heard yeah, the... Yeah, let's talk more about free food, guys. <laughs> concept. No, that's really... You just, just the simplicity of that is very fun to me. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of other factors. And I think my interests at the time were in yeah, you know opinion. learning Spanish and about other countries. And so it all kind of came together. This is very cool, and I would like everyone to feel comfortable with not being hilarious for a second, because Sarah's really cool, and we got a cool thing to talk about. Aww. Yeah. 
Wow. Yes, Thanks, guys. Um, but let's transition from that cool thing back into free food. Um, so this <laughs> week... Uh, <laughs> When you said a second, we went literally just smooth. one second. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes people don't, con- like, if people aren't riffing, I just got to pull the plane out of the nosedive on my own. I um, respect it. Uh, sincerity so is not a nosedive. <laughs> no, it wasn't a nosedive. Don't but... be afraid of sincerity, Alex. Let's no, embrace uh, it. But let's, and now ruin it. Let's embrace it. <laughs> one second. Okay, so um, we are, like I said, 10.15. Uh, the chef's have departed the city and traveled by Brooks Nightmares to a glacier. <laughs> Poor um, Brooke. Does she like any parts of transportation? Because I'm blaming this thing now. Oh, she doesn't like boats. She doesn't like helicopters. Um, she doesn't like heights. Because All right. Um, yeah, but that's what I think was great. So the, possibly because of that, the helicopter dropped her off well short of its destination, despite being a helicopter, and transferred them to the only mode of transportation Brooke is not afraid of, a dog sled. Wait, 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 wait. She did also. She was also not afraid of being driven around in a car by Padma, which seems oh. great. How could you <laughs> be? Yeah. What a life. I mean, yeah. I would be pretty afraid of being driven around by someone who li- has lived in New York for the last <laughs> 15 years. Like a celebrity from New York is arguably one of the point. worst drivers you can imagine. That's a good point. I totally have the same thought, and it's all projection because, like, I haven't driven a car in a while, and I'm, like, super afraid to. Yeah. And so, like, I just, like, project on anyone who lives in a city with great transport, public transportation. But let's add to that idea that you were a celebrity and that there was a camera pointed at you the whole drive, and you were expected to entertain us. I don't know. She, she I mean, in, well. like, in her, in her show on Hulu, she's, like, driving around all these different oh, yeah. cities. She does a great job. Yeah, good at driving, Padma. Yet another thing. There's a separate app just for this. It's called Padmuber. The name is not taking off. Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) The driver pool is limited. (laughs) Who cares about the name when you have Padma show up in that wonderful coat? Yeah. Ask you about your formative memories. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Padmuber is more of a therapy service. But Chris's point that there's a limited driver pool is very true. They keep offering more sign-up bonuses and get it, and there's just not enough padlocks. <laughs> it's true. They're never enough. Um, there was actually a cool thing that we saw. I think I think it was that one. Uh, uh, yeah, it was this one where, where we uh, there's like an extra behind the scenes uh, web exclusive uh, where you could like talk to. I think it was Padma stylist basically. Where they, they yes, have, like, I did watch like, that. Yeah, was super a lot of, du- about- lot of double stick tape holding Padma's dresses to her body. Yeah, that's usually what it is. Yeah. <laughs> they tried single stick tape it just wasn't as sticky they needed more sides of, of tape <laughs> he was yeah that was a really interesting like two minute clip where, where he talked about how halfway through the season he makes a little book for Padma called Padma's Progress that shows all the looks they've used so far so she can help get the general vision of where she wants to go with the rest of the season it's also oh, that's a wonderful card. yeah um uh one of the things about Pad Muber, I will say, is that because there's only the one driver, <laughs> that name is still getting me. <laughs> the surge price is probably very high all the time. Yeah, you've never gotta, it's got to be high enough to make Padma want to drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not cheap. So basically, you have to be willing to give Padma her own show and yeah. <laughs> the surge price is one show. <laughs> yeah, Mover is a service for networks. <laughs> When they're desperate to fill airtime, she will drive with a camera on her, but you have to pay her the rate of a host of a, of a show. Of a show. Oh my god. Is, is this how like the Seinfeld guys show also? Was was there like a, a like a Seinflift or something like that? Um Seinflift, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the, the, the comedians coffee car thingies. Um, yes, that's it, right. You had to give him one wait. one the price of one show and also all of his cars. That's right. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass you, but did you just call Jerry Seinfeld the Seinfeld guy? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's the thing, Sarah. Did you tell me that he is not? No, it's absolutely accurate. I was just so tickled that the the property snuck in there. (laughs) His branding is very strong. (laughs) He is really. I don't know if you know this, but before he had the show, completely different name. He was it was it was Jerry Dinosaur, and he was like, you know what? I need something different. Jerry Seinfeld for this show that I have called Seinfeld. <laughs> Everyone will know me for this show now. I'll forever be the Seinfeld guy. That's so interesting. I didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely true. Don't look it up. Also, most insulting part of that show, by the way, comedians and cars getting coffee, is that the average number of cars per comedian is one because Seinfeld has all of them. 
like the, none of the rest of us have cars. Seinfeld's the only comic with a car, but he got two billion cars, so he's just got the market. Yeah. yeah, unless you count yeah. Jay Leno as a comic, which hmm. I wouldn't. Debatable. Uh, yeah, <laughs> highly. Um, anyway, back to work. So um, they do take their dog uh, transportation and arrive at ice camp for people and dogs training for the best sport in the world that involves people and dogs working together. The Iditarod. Wait, um, what about? I guess there's like, or would you count those like those best in show type things? Would that be a, a dog a dog sport thing? Or Air I Bud? feel like the but name is that a show sport or it, parade? It makes it yeah. The word show makes it feel a lot more. Airbud, great point, but not a sport. Um, that's a movie, um, mm. but it's close. Great uh, I think the only other sports I could come up with were duck hunting and drug busting, and neither of those are as good as the Iditarod. Well, there's the th- there's the uh, making dogs jump far sport. Oh, yeah, agility stuff. Oh, I do like that. But that's, well, I mean, that's even more just the dog. That's my main thought about the Iditarod is that, like, we're feeding all the people when the dogs are the real athletes. Who throws the toys into the pool? <laughs> <laughs> or that, that Frisbee dog thing where you have, you throw yeah. the Frisbee and the... They go off your back and stuff for tricks. I mean, those are all good. I agree that those are good things, but I, I don't sh- know. It's hard pressed to say it's better than the Iditarod. Or like in uh, Babe when... He- they do the sheep dog sheep sheep dogging. Oh, yep. sure. Sheep wrangling. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I like uh, that because the dogs run and then they get very small and then the sheep forget they're there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're hanging out at base camp um, where the chefs must cook a uh, in a surprisingly decent kitchen tent for hungry dog sled riders. And it, once again, the dogs are completely shafted. Sheldon. And we also know Sheldon likes chum, makes some chum for the dogs. How hard is that? Instead, he makes a fish and an overly salty broth, or as they call that in the food TV business, for saltening for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't mind that. Um, Josh changes up completely by making Canadian bacon. I just want to I want to go back to that pun real fast. Mm-hmm. I just want to give you a quick note. I think it would be for seasoning. Oh, for oh. seasoning is so good. I take back my that was good. And then out to Kyle. I think you said that was okay, so you don't have to be too embarrassed. It was okay. It was okay. It's just like I was I was giving it a really hard thought yeah. and I, I, I found I found the More I, seasoning. I a little off. You know what? In, exactly in retrospect, right. this is probably the moment Kyle realized he wanted to become an editor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Possibly a heckler. Uh, so josh makes canadian bacon and somehow manages to mess up and separate the two parts of his scrambled eggs um not scramble them enough that was the issue it could be but he seemed like the yolk was scrambled within itself and the white was scrambled within itself i guess altitude like altitude will make the white separate and it cooks above the yolk well, could or be. you just didn't whisk it good, my dude. <laughs> work uh, above like uh, yeah, ten thousand feet, though. That's the issue. A whisk, the whisk. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, they widen the, the the metal on the whisk gets really wide, so it doesn't do anything. <laughs> Let's the yolk slip right through. Um, fortunately, Brooke uh, avoids all these mistakes and uh, dog sleds to the finish with her halibut and apparently life changing crouton. Tom was so amazed by that crouton and her prize. A terrifying helicopter ride home. Hey, hey. Although, you know, she did say uh, first that, you know, the Xanax was working on kicking in, but then also that it was so beautiful that she uh, forgot to be afraid. And she did say that. Do you think she really did take a Xanax right before having to do yes. a quick fire challenge? Because that sounds hard. No, I think the P- I think one of the PAs must have given it to her because she was clearly like they, they cut. She was like crying, freaking out. She was having yeah. a panic attack. And I think there's no way they're going to like force her onto that's the way they have to get up there right and they have to get her on that helicopter so i'm sure they're like give her a xanax it's like probably two hours at least until they're actually cooking yeah i I don't i think it's probably really she might have been a little sleepy and she still won which is impressive it's that's the thing though it's brooke if you gave me a xanax and then put me on a helicopter i'm probably never (laughs) cooking again (laughs) (laughs) i just live on this helicopter now Mm -hmm. um I want to read a quick uh, from the mailbag uh, from Marianne, um, who says, great job with the recaps of season 10. One issue that I believe has gone unmentioned so far is how many anxiety-provoking situations Brooke has faced. It seems like multiple seasons can pass without chef testaments being subjected to anything more daunting than jogging around Whole Foods. However, Brooke was forced to endure extreme heights in the Space Needle, a cruise... 
uh, a helicopter ride, dog sledding, and my personal favorite, Sheldon jumping out of a closet and scaring her half to death. Oh my god, yes. Oh my um, gosh. Well, that last was, a kind of- was not production's fault. <laughs> I was I would the fault that mostly on Sheldon. Yeah. yeah that was, they gave him an opportunity, and who was he to pass it up? <laughs> I mean, the fact that she was able to do all of this, all of her amazing cooking while still being a stress mess, uh, makes it all doubly impressive. So I wonder I did, if yeah. they did this because she came in as a prodigy. So they're like, we've got to manufacture some big time hurdles. <laughs> Otherwise, she's <laughs> going to be cooking like so, loop the loops around everyone else. So they like called her husband and they were like, we need a list of Brooke's fears. Otherwise, this will be too easy. Or their for- her former bosses. Like they called the general manager at Michael Santa Monica and was like, what <laughs> messes Brooke up? Yeah, we could have like like Josh had some awful research, also, right? We just didn't use it for it. Yeah, he's a oh, that's true. Definitely has dossiers on everyone. Yeah, so maybe maybe they asked Josh to provide his list of Brooks' fears that he just carries around in case it come up in conversation. I do. I mean the 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 cruise ship one seemed like it was easy for her to get through relatively. Like she was in the middle of the boat. It's so big, Mm -hmm. but the helicopter. It did seem like it was not like a acute overcoming of fears. Like that seemed like yeah, she was no. having a panic attack. That seemed really messed up. Helicopters are scary for a lot of people, even people who don't normally like have a fear of flying. So I was kind of surprised on the one hand that it was just her, but on the other hand that they had no plan B. <laughs> well, I think Sarah, that's, that's true, because yeah. helicopter crashes are fatal for a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point chris yeah, yeah that's interesting that. i mean i did enjoy sheldon being like ah, i'd kill for some reefer right now just up in the middle i didn't okay wait was that because that, wait okay explain that joke to me because i feel like he just he was like i'm in a helicopter i see dogs this is a classic no no no. he's moment. just up in a beautiful like he's he up in to be yeah he, a little he just wanted baloney while he saw the forest from above yeah I think that's that's the all. The way it was. he said it, it just like seemed to me like he was saying like anytime I see dogs from the air, I need reefer. No, maybe. I mean, uh, maybe he was also like a little bit scared and thought I would love something Possibly. calming right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I did like that Sheldon and and Josh are a part of what they call Team Husky, and they got to see real Team Huskies. That was yeah. really cute. That was um. Cute. Also, this the way this was set up was their kitchen. For some reason, the coolers were like kind of far away from the kitchen, so that Team Husky also had to do a lot of jogging back and forth across across the glacier. Also, did y'all notice that the coolers were kind of irrelevant at that temperature? Oh yeah, That's a good point. Yeah, they were actually probably oh, keeping it was more warmer. just it was more just a box. Well, it's like to keep the <laughs> sun to, off it's it to too. Keep, uh, the real Team Husky away from the food. Now, that's true. Yeah, was <laughs> uh, a dog proof box. Never mind. Good call. I liked, I liked that Real Team Husky had little individual dog igloos. Oh, they were yeah. so cute. Yeah, yeah, that was really nice. And they just got to like sit outside their little dog igloos and express themselves loudly to each other. And <laughs> I just really enjoyed that. You know, I was picturing like big Malamute Huskies. And then like they cut to a shot where there was just like a beagle on top. Yeah, of yeah there was a beagle. <laughs> like, I think he might be more harm than good in a dog sled team. I could be wrong, but. He might be just awkward. I don't know what the beagle's there for. I, I maybe he's like a wow. motivational beagle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> beagles have, have famously beagle. positive attitudes for dogs. He's I, a coach. You can be a coach. Yeah. Um, I can also just picture him sitting on the sled, not really holding anything down because he's so light, just having a grand old time. Sure. He also likes to dog sled. Yeah. Yeah, it's just an emotional support beagle for the dog sled driver. All the other dogs give no emotional support, so they need to bring like a beagle up for that just special something. I mean, I think even if they don't mean to, those dogs are giving me emotional support. That's the thing about dogs. Yeah. I just it just makes me feel good to see them. So they're helping. Good job. Good job. Good. You're all all good boys. Um I actually think I would be a little bit more scared of riding in the dog sled than I would have been in the helicopter because the helicopter has doors and I definitely could have fallen off that dog sled. Oh. And I don't think I would have died, but it would have been real embarrassing on film. You know, it's a wider base than you might think, you know. <laughs> you know are you talking about me or the sled? <laughs> no, I was talking about the sled, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been really funny the way they were laid out with like Brooke and Sheldon in the front, but like Josh on the trailer, if there's just like a wide shot and Josh tumbled off and they didn't even He's notice. <laughs> they just kept going. Banked That's a little my bit. worst fear. That would be the worst thing. Oh, my God. 
All right. Well, then the chefs. So that's the quick fire. Another win in Brooks um, saddlebags, I guess. Um, Can we talk about the uh, dog sled drivers and how like somehow dog sled drivers have the exact same like mentality and complexion of surfers? They yeah, they well, were very surfer like probably windburn and and stuff. Yeah, I mean, all you're doing is spending a ton of time in the sun, just hanging out in the snow, and and when you're on a glacier, the sun is coming from all of the directions. Yeah, it's reflecting up at you. There's just that one dude who was wearing a, a t-shirt talking about how like, yeah, this food's great, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the other thing about them is that you don't have to do anything; the dogs do the work. So you're just really hanging out. I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm confident. I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like you I, like sledding is an activity you do for fun. Pulling a sled is not a fun thing. So like who's doing the hard stuff? Well, wait, hold on. Pulling, pulling a sled with a whole bunch of your buddies who are all, like doing it in unison and like just like, you know, you probably get to like just like chat and like, I don't know, scamper. It's like the dog equivalent of moving. So like you're getting a bunch of friends, like you get a bunch of yeah, friends together exactly. to talk and hang out while moving all your stuff to a new home. But I don't think anybody's loving it. You generally get free pizza from that situation. Just saying. You do. But here's the thing about being an adult is I can get pizza on my own without moving anything. Can you get? I don't pizza? know. I, it's it's struggle, you know, <laughs> in New York. It's a struggle. Yeah, you're, you're always yeah, moving. You have to, you have to, well, I was going to say, yeah, you have to get Pad Muba, uh, Pad Muba Eats, I guess, but uh, in order to get your pizza. Or I guess just uh, Matt, maybe the Pad Mover Company. I guess, yeah, would just, she to, just show up yeah, at just, the price of one show and help you move a couch? Yeah. Um, yeah, Pad Mover Eats, I think, is the better joke if we were going to re-edit that for Kyle. Give me like two <laughs> minutes. <laughs> i'm right, gonna make so an chefs... la joke and say they're real rock and roll pad movers wow mm. the real rock and roll movers are la legends <laughs> it might be a little la specific and yeah. we've not been here perhaps long enough to have seen them oh they have an all black moving van with a skull on it <laughs> oh i like that we hired them they were very rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Well, that's a good point. A soft rock with your fragile possessions. Yeah, they were great, but they're all like musicians. That's like their thing. It's like we're musicians, but in between being musicians, we move. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that is yeah. like kind of rad, and also a little bit like feels like sad. Maybe I don't know. They're they're making money. Yeah, it's more yeah. like it seems like it's a sort of thing of like this is a job that these dudes can fall back on, where it's not with between like tours and stuff. Well, and I guess if you're a musician, I have heard that like when you're not famous yet, almost the entire time is spent moving equipment. So you're basically a mover anyway. Mm -hmm. When you're not famous, you're just like carrying amps and drums up staircases to weird clubs. Mm -hmm. And that is my furniture, but (laughs) larger amps and drums. (laughs) Mostly amps and drums, yeah. All right. Um, Any other thoughts on the quick fire? None. Hearing none. So then, uh, well, I just remember Josh's awful s- scrambled eggs. I remember that from the first watch, being like, "It's a straight scramble," and How like, you? yeah, not not just that the whisking didn't work at altitude, you know, as we've joked about, but just like his his lack of effort in terms of like conception is just so. I, I will say one thing, uh, in possibly a minor defense of Josh, is that in his longer exit interview on the website, he did say that he's like. Like creativity is not his strong suit as a chef. Like sure, his his thing is not making up new dishes all of the time. Um, that's not his favorite part of it. And so this is ho- the whole show has been a real struggle for him, as you can see from him um, doing breakfast every meal. But also with the torchon, he was like, I just get an idea and I can't deviate from it until it's finished. I have to do that thing. And so he kind of like instead of always thinking of new ways to change it, he's just like, I'm making this, and if it doesn't work, I am done. Have, and yeah. have we what have about we the scallop pasta well that's true that was pretty Whatever creative that was and it didn't work but he did scramble it so that's the other thing is his backup plan is always to scramble it whatever it is what was that sarah what were you gonna say i was saying have we talked about how he suddenly was a pastry chef at the yeah. end of the yeah. yeah. his jacket said that he's a pastry chef yeah. i've never heard that no, well this is only for last chance kitchen i think like whatever job he got after being on the show he was moved from being like what he was before to a pastry chef at a completely oh, different restaurant. Yeah. Interesting. But he never made anything 
pastry, as far as we know, on the show. That which is, was okay, and that was good. You know, yeah, but yeah, I guess. Can you put bacon in every pastry? I mean, if he's making donuts, it yeah. just seems like a huge pivot. I agree. Yeah. That was very surprising. You know, I mean, um, sometimes look, I'll, I'll be the first to say it. Sometimes after you have a kid, it changes you, uh, and uh, and sometimes sometimes you go pastry. Sometimes, yeah, you just you are more pastry based than you were before. Uh, I think this is a thing that all new dads can appreciate. Uh, he also it. said in the long <laughs> interview that he's chilled a lot because he's like, it's just really hard to be an angry guy when you're holding a fat baby. And I like that. It's hard to have any strong emotions uh, w- w- during the baby times. Honestly, you're just you're, you're there's very there's like yeah, it's sort of like. Imagine there's a place, a reservoir where you keep all your feelings, and then it's like a baby just like kind of like tore a whole hole in it and just leaks out, and that's uh. You make it sound so fun. I mean, you know what? On balance, I think it is still good. Um, there's, I guess, the, the, the judge of any With that any, ringing endorsement of procreation. Well, let's no, move I, along. I would just say what well, one more. You do get some free food because they definitely do not finish everything. Like you know, if you are starting to feed them, like there will be some How stuff. How free was that food though? Uh, well, I mean, it is yeah. unguarded, I guess is the best way I can say. <laughs> <laughs> unguarded your own food? Yeah. It's not, you're not wasting All right. it. All right. So the chefs get back to thawed, thawed ground uh, afterwards, I assume by taking dogs' sleds backwards and then a helicopter backwards. And eventually they pop up in the pop or pop by uh, governor's house in Juneau where they uh, are asked to cook for Governor Sean Parnell, who's busy keeping Sarah Palin's seat warm, and First Lady Sandra Skeebold, and famous Alaskan chef Roy Choi. <laughs> another, well, another big focus on Alaskan talent uh, with um, Emerald and Roy Choi and Airport Puck coming back. Um, did everyone love how, um, uh, how Padma like, uh, introduced the, the, the First Lady, I guess? She just could not remember her name ever. Oh, hmm. I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was just like it was like like. Oh, oh. She just kept saying, "And how about you, first lady? Or <laughs> <are> you?" <laughs> That's so That's weird. Funny. I wonder if I, it was like partially just a like formal title thing, since it was a fancy dinner, and also if she was like afraid that if she just said her first name, all of us viewers would forget that that's the first lady and not a chef. <laughs> Possible. I mean, I, generous. I, she probably forgot. I would I, do something funny, similar. I couldn't remember her name from the episode. And so I like, like, and it must be because I never heard it. So I had like no, looked no, it up and wrote it down. Like, at, one point, I think the, the, at one point, either at the beginning or maybe towards the end. And she finally remembered, but throughout most of it, she kept kind of awkwardly gesturing toward her or, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Or it was edited mm. that way. Who knows? But but yeah, I do feel like like maybe she did that towards the very end. She was like, she does the thing that I do where it's like, well, I've forgotten someone's name before, but I like really want to make sure that they that they know that I know their name. So I'll like really say like 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 what was really thank you for having us, Sandy. So <laughs> you're you're just trying to make friends and influence people the whole time. It's the sweetest, sweetest word in any language. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was Alex. It's Sandra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's your own name. Uh so the way you feel about Alex, Sandra would feel about Sandra. I don't understand. Okay, we'll get back to this. So, um, Roy Choi tells a charming story about deciding to go to culinary school because Emerald jumped out of his TV and slapped him across the face. Yeah. The event didn't have much of an impact on Emerald, so he must be popping out of TVs and slapping people all the time, but it mattered a lot to Roy, and that's why he decided to become a chef. That, and presumably free food. And thus, the challenge to cook a dish representing how each chef made that decision to become what they are. We hear... Also, we get some good judge origin stories about Emeril and Tom. And most importantly, um, the most telling of the airport of the stories was Airport Puck explaining that he became a dad because his dad or he became a chef because his dad constantly told him he's a worthless piece of shit. Wow. <laughs> that yeah. one, wasn't that like heavy out of nowhere. Like, I've not been pleased with how he talks to people this whole season. But that is like, well, you, man, that was a tough t- time coming up. If that's what he said to you all the time. Yeah, I I kind of hope uh, Wolfgang Puck's dad like was alive to see his name in every airport, <laughs> so either he could feel bad or like say like you make airport food, Wolfgang. Yeah, either way, he could be like, "Wow, having your name on an airport restaurant—that's a woman's job." <laughs> like what a great calendar guy. It's or your Puck. <laughs> is that her full name? Her last name is Calendar. 
Mercalius? I never thought about yeah, it. it's a name. It's not calendar yeah. like the object. It's it's spelled different. Well, it's very confusing for them as kids, probably. Um, Brooke uh, knew that she wanted to be a chef since she was in the womb, and so she opted to make a chicken and a baby chicken, also known as a quail. Um, <laughs> that checks out. Interesting. Since, uh, since yeah. almost every episode of this season is won by either a Kristen or a Brooke, and Kristen isn't here, not surprisingly, Brooke takes the win. Meanwhile, large child Sheldon and new father Josh have a competition for biggest oopsie doodle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sheldon starts it. strong with his, with the foreseasoned snapper yes. and broth reduced to a solid blo- block of sea salt. Uh, whereas, uh, which all, you're, you know what, Ez? All, this is for you, Ez. But he, all he had to do was say, instead of a broth, call it a salt lick. Mm-hmm. Tom would have loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's snapper uh, with uh, bouillon cubes. Oh, that's right. He did just make bullion cubes. He made salt candy. Uh, But Josh eked out the victory slash loss for his unbelievably gross sounding foie gras three ways. Good. Okay. And veiny unset. No. (laughs) Is there any? Here's a question. uh, Since Tanya's not here to stop me. Is there any um, food that if the description was veiny unset, you'd be like, yes, this is a good thing. Ooh, Um, yes, yes, yes. Okay, and this is only um uh well at least veiny for me is is what if what if you have like an ice cream with mix-ins, you know? Yes. Uh, you want it you want to see veins and mix caramel veins, chocolate veins. I yep. don't think it could be done. But I don't yeah. think well, to no, counter, the, I don't think you'd want an unset ice cream. Uh, well, it, it, you it, know it's, what? It's, you know what? If you have an unset ice cream, you get a tummy ache. That's true. That is the Alex and I have tried it. <laughs> we had a we had an, a failed ice cream, and we just drank it as cold experiment. soup. And yeah. so we just decided we, to try some, and we, we called yeah. it vanilla bisque. And uh, <laughs> you know, you you eat way more ice cream than you realize without the air liquid. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. so it's and, denser. Uh, so you put down too much, and then you get a tummy ache for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Guaranteed. This is why this is why Cold Stone discontinued their like it, love it, gotta have it, veiny unset uh, standards. <laughs> no, I, I will and say to be fair. Ice cream. I don't want unset ice cream, Kyle. I do not. But, no, but I, I would like veins have... or ribbons of flavor. Yes. Okay. So you, you could have veins. What if it? What if it wasn't unset, as in soup? What if it was just like a little soft, which I do kind of like ice cream when you're kind of racing against it melting, so you have an excuse to eat it real fast. Like mm. a, a marbled self serve, perhaps. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I like that a lot. Yeah. You're um, you're like you're like the the huskies, uh, and then like the the time is like the 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 other team of the Iditarod. You know, it's, it's just go. Neck and neck. Will you the be able beagles. to? Yeah, the beagles beat those beagles. I my favorite part of this is that with Tanya being uh, gone from the episode, Ezra has unchecked power. <laughs> I, I'm just going to take all of his powers and convert it to ice cream, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a loophole. Um, <laughs> Ezra knows about it. <laughs> Josh is eliminated, and unlike everyone else who said they can't wait to go home, Josh actually gets to go home. That's the upside to this: is like yeah. immediately after it, so he's like. Gets to go see his day old baby and his wife, who's just decided to have a second child. If it's day old, it's like half off, though, right? I think the- they have other. <laughs> this was confusing. Didn't they have other kids already? That it sounds. Really it, it doesn't that. matter because you know it's hard to be away from your spouse, regardless. But like, you have, yeah, you don't want to miss sequels. I, I think they misled us a little bit on that. I agree because they hmm. definitely, maybe without saying, made you think it was his first kid. But yeah. then he was like, "My kids." And you're like, yeah. Huh. Mm. Or just we not know enough about the kids that he was like, oh, actually, and it turns out they, she had twins. I just really wasn't paying attention during this pregnancy. Yeah, <laughs> they only showed one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, it's, yeah, because it's a baby on TV, right? So you have to Olsen twins it. So he mm. had twins, but only put the one on camera. That makes sense. I, I, it's possible maybe he had kids from before too. It just it was just the line where she said like, "All right, fine, we can do it again." Like an hour later, I thought that yeah, was very there funny. was evidence in both directions, but I could have sworn going into the episode that he had maybe two daughters already. Wow. I guess I'll say this from his Instagram now, he seems to have at least four, so it would make sense that there could have been one before. Wow. All right. I hope he left well, for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, it seemed like it was good for him to leave like yes. either way get home well get with the wife because this is back when you had this is one of this when they used to do the finale was like weeks later so you got to see yourself on tv so if he'd won he still would have gotten to go home to the, his wife that's the true yeah, yeah they all got to go home and so 
to be generous, I understand also why he committed to his bad Torshan plan like even more. It's like he had to have been so goddamn distracted and he had one idea and he was like, this is a bad idea. And then he's like, I have no space in my brain to think of another idea. I just have he to. He was also, he was staying up all night watching yeah. his phone. So he's also not like even less slept than a normal celebrity chef competition contestant. Yeah. Like it made sense. I It was, you know, and to hear Tom talk about it, you're like, what a dummy. And I don't know anything about foie gras, so I didn't know. Well, but, we're going we're, we're gonna to take a little dive into foie gras. You want, maybe, oh, we'll, no. maybe we'll go there now. Um, not it's it, no, you'll like it um no. actually you might not um <laughs> but it's worth doing um so we got a email from bridget um who's going to give us our um food science uh period on foie gras if you're ready ready bridget says um first says i was so sad for josh he's a dick sometimes but i sort of realized he was probably projecting a lot of false confidence to get through when this when his wife was pregnant and he probably isn't such a douche normally which I'm going to come back to actually in a second. But um, that said, the Torshan looked like a goddamn cheese log. <laughs> uh, they were right to send him home. Add in the fact there's basically two farms in the entire U.S. to get foie gras, foie gras from, and they're in New York. So it had to be shipped to Alaska only for him to try a two-day minimum preparation in less than a day and a half. So it's like, not only did it not work, of course it didn't work, and also it's kind of insulting. Bridget continues, he was, wasn't respecting the product. Um, like the desperation of putting it in the ice just before service. Resting it on ice is not the same as hanging refrigerated for one to three days. Um, like maybe if he'd access, had access to a blast chiller, it could have worked, but he didn't. Anyway, um, at least he got to go home right after. And then Bridget includes um, some some uh, images of what a Torshan should look like and what his looked like. And it is so gross looking um, in his version. Which is the difference really stark um, in yes. the images? Or yes. Okay. Yes, it's very clear that he did wrong. Um, so that is Bridget's take. And then I also want to add from the foie gras side, um, this is not an email to us. This is uh, an email Tom wrote to the whole internet. But um, a foie gras torchon takes time, plain and simple. A foie gras should be soaked in milk or cold water to dry out the remaining blood. Oh, my God. Yeah, you want to give so time this for that. What, when they said veiny, this is, I believe, what... Literal was, was a nice one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it should be marinated for a day, then shaped, and then poached. And then after that, it needs another full day to rest, but probably a couple of days to perfectly ripen. Um, I consider making a tor- foie gras torchon a five-day process. Um, I can see you maybe bringing it down to full two, uh, down to two full days if you want to sacrifice depth of flavor, but not a few hours. Um, so yeah. basically, looking, he set up something that was torchons right now, uh, and I will say that even in a good situation, I think this is just a food that doesn't need to be made. It doesn't photograph well. You I know? was going to say it, the good one looked more like a summer sausage and then the bad one looked like a melting cheese log. I think yeah. it kind of looks like a like a baseball bat a little bit, you know? Okay, right? that's it, that's not the worst. No, again, it's fine. Like it's it's not it's not offensive to look at, but it's just like, you know what? Is this a thing that like, yes, absolutely. Spend 5 days of your life to make this. Uh, <laughs> no, I can agree with that. Just to sure. just to give a visual component, the more we talk about foie gras torchons, Sarah's complexion is starting to look like a foie gras torchon. <laughs> I will put these images from um, Bridget on the on the uh, on our page on packyourrikes.com so you where can Sarah check out. Can't get to them. And yeah. Sarah, no, please, you yeah. know, yeah. you know where to avoid. <laughs> yeah, but you know the other thing, and Tanya, and I were talking about this, uh, is that when Josh told Tom, "Hey, this is a tribute to you know, like my discovery of." classy food and i i worked for this guy who used to work for you and tom's yeah. like yeah this is my recipe and i know you can't do it <laughs> like it and was and we paused the episode and we're like no <laughs> it's just like that's the biggest like oh no oh ladies and gentlemen no. tanya on the <laughs> yeah, show. yeah hi i'm back yeah. hello yeah um, but you're just like hey i have this idea i think i can cheat and get this done but like who knows and the guy who told the guy who told you is like no you can't i I really feel that tom should be empowered to like stop dishes from being made yeah he should have veto power he's like no you can't do that it's not a question of like you shouldn't it's physically impossible yeah that's the problem with this is it seemed like it's not a recipe it's not a technique it's physics and the fact that he just didn't care is troubling yeah but wow. the other thing is, like, he made a three ways, which the judges always hate, but it's mm-hmm. especially frustrating because two of the ways were pretty good. So if he just not made a torchon, they would have been like, well, it's still weird that you flew in foie gras for us, but whatever. You did two good foie gras and then definitely 
Sheldon would go home for his salt lick. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's, That's just facts. Yeah. So I don't know why he didn't just stick with those things. Um, Tom said on his on his blog just how good the other one was, like the sa- saute with braised pineapple, saute with with braised pineapple and cornmeal um, was all seasoned super nicely and would definitely he'd be in the final right now if he had just served that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But am, am I glad that we get to see Sheldon's finale meal instead of Josh's? Absolutely. Mm. Um, I mean, Hopefully. I think the real, the real but track. we don't. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right. right. Well, because <laughs> the finale is a is lie. I'm well, I'm glad you said that actually, because one of the things that felt so mean about this episode was they kept telling the chefs over and over again, "You're the final three, and we know they're not. Right. We know that Kristen is going to come in after one of them is eliminated, and that's the actual final three. So, just kind of brutal to keep saying that and not let them know. Like, so Josh actually finished fourth. Sorry about you. Um, the wild thing about this is like I remember. I think reading, yeah, at one point, like when we started this thing, was that oh yeah, Josh is the final three. Like I think, like maybe he says it on on uh, maybe his Instagram or something. Like that. I don't know, but like I was like, oh, okay, yeah. he's final three. So I was actually for all this time was expecting Sheldon to go home because I did not remember. Oh. So I was like actually literally was surprised. T- didn't Megan? Didn't you have a memory of Sheldon going home? No, you had, you I had don't think so. a memory that didn't come true. At, yeah, at some point. I don't Okay. No, I'm not remembering the memory. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, because it was fake. Um yeah, I thought you were you were expecting Sheldon to go home here too. Um I don't remember next episode at all, so I don't remember what that happened. I just remember the sad Thunderdome at the end. But um yeah, definitely because he he definitely gets th- like thinks he's top three. And actually that brings me to like, the thing that's the, the b- biggest bummer about this episode for me, which is it is like as as much as Kristen deserves to be in the final and as exciting as it is to see her do that meal and as amazing as she's cooked in last chance kitchen, I'm still just so sad that she was there and not on the main show. Cause like all these dishes that we're getting to see Brooke do are like Kristen's only getting to cook 20 minute challenges. She's only getting to cook these short, fast, no shopping challenges. Like have, I, I would love to have seen her get to do three or four more full uh, eliminations just to see that like what amazing cool shit she would have done so it's just super super sad that she's not getting to be part of all of this and maybe they'll Even do like a, uh, a season of champions at some point right where like all the winners come back <laughs> yeah i uh... cannot imagine that would happen but i would definitely watch it but i imagine that most of them would just say no when called <laughs> it's, it's a tricky thing though because i think it is also like Kristen getting to like save her strength to some extent like you don't yeah. have to be putting up these like new ideas and you're also not doing like the super sleep deprived like you know like run so up a true. mountain like you know sled dog arama so like maybe maybe there are things that uh, about it that like it is it is it is tricky but also it's interesting because tom does say like i'm getting better food from last chance kitchen than i'm getting on the real show yeah which is like not a great sign and also a sign that like you eliminated wrong yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and that cooking for 200 people in a time it's limit really is, hard. Yeah. No, it's, it's like r- not really always hard. i mean that doesn't make the best tempura you've ever tasted <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but uh, yeah i don't know i mean like like, I guess I'm, I'm, I think I'm more on the side of, you know, it's just interesting to see a different path to the same, you know, kind oh, of yeah. final showdown as opposed to, like, I'm not, like, I like Kristen a lot and I like that we got to see stuff from her, but it's also cool to have this anticipation of like, oh, Kristen, she's a badass waiting in the wings. Lurking know? in the wings. And, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just would like to see her do some more big meals. I'm not saying that that other stuff isn't true. I totally sure. agree. But um, I would just be more interested to see her as the stuff than Josh make more breakfasts. And I like breakfast. Um, it is also weird that she's coming in so late. I know they changed the rules on this a few times later on. Megan, you were complaining about this, about how basically bringing her in at the finale feels pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, it, this is, <laughs> we, we all agree. Yeah. It's weird. This, this, what, Megan, I, I, I just, they, they have improved it over time, I think, like with having sort of like the half last chance kitchen where they bring someone in in the middle and then yeah. bringing uh, the uh, person who wins the second half in a little bit earlier. It just seems like they're just gone less. And so it, it, I don't know. Yeah. I think it helps a lot. Yep. I totally agree. I, it just seems like we having somebody, first of all, the, the, the pathway is too long as we, as indicated by CJ and then also the end result is almost too short. I'd like to see you get back in earlier and get to see you do more cooking. So Well, and I think they've revised the model, right? Because yeah. what we see now right. is is the get back and you're sort of in that group of five or six. And um, you know, there's there's more time to to really play with the big dogs. 
Totally. And like the, <laughs> the Huskies. Mm-hmm. Um, do we like Roy Choi? Roy Choi seemed really nice in this episode, but I was trying to remember if I what other feelings I had about him from other times. No, he's just a really serious cat, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like him. I mean, that, uh, so I've, Sarah and I have spent a lot of time watching him in um, uh, in the chef show, uh, hanging out with Don Favreau, and I, I, I just always like him a lot. I just, yeah, he, he does, like, he just cares deeply about the food, and, and mm-hmm. but I think, like, I like his point of view generally, uh, and, and I, I, I don't know, just, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think that, like, the, he's just earnest, and, and uh, um, yeah, uh, I, I like him. I don't think there's anything the- bad around him. The one thing that I was trying to understand was during his story about Emerald, where he was like hitting, he was like in this really terrible place. And then he started, his like answer was to start researching culinary schools, which was just that he didn't say like, so then I like was like, I walked into a restaurant and asked for a job. The fact that he like went to culinary school at that point, I'm just not entirely clear on what that, that's like a long game to getting yourself out, which is great. I just don't understand exactly what was happening in his life. I think also he said uh, like started late when he was twenty five, which is like not that late. Well, uh, busy sobbing at that point, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just like racked with. I was like, how is Emerald not just like a, on the floor? Like, how would you not? <laughs> he like, was yeah. He was clearly touched by it. Um, I mean, it's I just cool. like so touching. I think also yeah. just because of how touched like Roy was, even in just telling that story. And I was yeah. like, this can't. I mean, this is not the first time you've told the story, and it still is just like. But he's telling so... it to Emerald. Yeah. I know, and, yeah, Emerald had so not heard moving. it before. Oh, that was so good. What a great little trick to have Emerald like be like. I'm sure the produ- producers knew that was happening because that was the challenge, and they didn't tell Emerald. And that's great. Tom also said in his blog he was sitting on the side of Emerald, so he didn't see his face, and then he saw it on the edit of the show, and it made him cry. Then, oh, so I mean, that was cool. Yeah, if I ever need to cry on on command, it's yeah. that and Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> Just Roy Choi and Paddington Bear. If we're doing last names, um, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I think we should probably wrap this up. Move. I, I, if if you'll excuse me, I want to go balls to the wall on our next segment. Hmm. Um, hmm. Josh said that. Yeah, he did. He did. I know it was unnecessary. That was so funny because like, you could see him as it came out of his mouth. He's like, "Oh, whoops." <laughs> well, <laughs> like, excuse like, me. Yeah, like uh, what you were saying, Alex. When he has a plan, he can't deviate. Yeah. From it. He's like, "Oh, I'm about to say this. <laughs> it's going to be bad, so I'll just say excuse me first, and then this is, proceed." I, this I understand more than anything else he's done. I for sure understand that moment where I realize the thing is about to come out, but like not in a way that I can stop the train. It's got too much momentum, and I just have to watch in horror as it escapes my mouth. Um, let's jump into Last Chance Kitchen, though. So Josh is eliminated. He goes home for some months. Um, and then he returns, uh, it's the last chance, last chance kitchen, which starts by bringing back two chefs who get a bonus last, last chance. CJ and Lizzie are back. And 30 seconds after getting onto set, Tom tells CJ to piss back off because Lizzie is the chef that save a chef saved for a last chance, last chance. It was so funny. Are they just made of plane tickets? Uh, it's it, better to draw CJ than it, if it was Lizzie flying from South Africa, right? Well, she works in Napa, but sure. Oh, yeah. she's in Napa now? Okay, never mind. Where do, is CJ in LA? He's in LA. Yeah. Okay, so these were not expensive plane tickets then. That seems fine. Still. It's on miles. Yeah, making him put on a jacket and walk in and then turn around and walk back out is very funny. I just, uh, I think Tom just is still mad at him, maybe, about the pickle thing. <laughs> about that burger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tanya you had a great a, point. You got is, a perfectly good plane ticket. Why not <laughs> get a good DJ? Tanya had a really good point, which is, like, you know, we, we haven't seen the finale in some time, but it's very clear that, like, CJ, Josh, and Lizzie will be potential sous chefs for the... Okay. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. So definitely having him they around for that is helpful. already. Yeah. Yeah. Still made him put on a jacket and walk into set for no reason, but yeah. Um, also, the save a chef is so annoying. I, I, I mean, I wasn't playing along in real time, so I didn't get to watch. It seems like from his description of it, it was like each week you could either save the newly eliminated chef or the previous save a chef champion. And so, like CJ had won a few rounds to get there. He won um, more rounds of save a chef than any chef before. <laughs> It's just so convoluted and weird and like yeah um, can you guys imagine can you imagine if cj won the save a chef beat kristen the last moment and went into the finale like that would have been many, absurd nothing would have been, been right like that would have been the most chaotic addition to the finale yeah yeah, yeah. no one would have liked that 
Uh, and then Wolfgang started hosting the show. I feel like, like they just go full, like, full complete evil. Like, uh, what is happening? It would make sense so, with how off the finale is where, like, yeah. both episodes. I forgot the first half of the finale, but, like, both that and what it ends with are completely wrong for Top Chef. Yes. Sure. This, I mean, the finale is is definitely that the producers were watching Iron Chef and getting jealous. Um, but... It's just everything else. Yeah, from here on out, it's madness, you guys. Um, but first, we have to finish our three-way last chance, last chance kitchen in the kitchen for those of you who deserve one more chance. Uh, Josh continues to hope physics doesn't apply to him as he cooks venison in about halfway um, and is eliminated early. Lizzie has clearly been thinking about this plan since the day she left because she makes a black a, a beeline to the black cod and pepper. And yet again, an incredible restaurant quality fish dish isn't as delish as that of Kristen Kish. Okay, she oh, makes, I like that. Uh, Kristen makes pasta and fruit juice that is apparently quite good. And although Tom couldn't tell us then, he knew in his heart, and we know in ours, that she is the winner and will return to the finale. I, I mean, we kind of know right away also, though, when we see in the preview, because it's like it has uh, Brooke saying like, oh, wow. And like... If, yeah, the look right. on Brooke's face. But what, what if, what if, you know, what if that was CJ and she yeah. was we really surprised? <laughs> our, our choices were Lizzie or Kristen, and I feel like that. I mean, love Lizzie, love her. But, but, but she was like, oh wow, or, or I just Bart. saw you a second. There's always a chance it's Bart. <laughs> if it was Bart or CJ, the camera would have been up way higher. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Uh, I cut somebody off um, to force that in. Um, it's fine. You can just feel bad. We can move on. I don't know Great. who it was. I don't remember who it was either, um, which is even worse. Um, feel bad like it's a reader cussing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, did you guys find Andy? Did you see Andy? Oh, yeah. Yep. He, was, he was in the walk-in. Mm-hmm. Um, now I am just sad. I, it almost makes me want to watch the whole season again just for that. I missed uh, so many Andys. So many Andys I missed so seen. many. Did um, we already cover how just like overall, though, the vibe of this is like very unpleasant and harsh like i feel like there are just so many moments where like even a judge's table you're just sort of like ah why are you being mean we did not cover this <laughs> specifically that. i mean no. it's something that you've been talking about for some other previous episodes um yeah part of I it just, is airport puck because his dad didn't love him so he's just mean to everybody but even padma i think at times like i think she still has like i'm not invalidating her criticisms but i think there's just a way that like there's a there's a sense of real frustration Mm-hmm. coming from judges a lot of the time that is absent in other seasons. And I don't know how much of it is just that like the food just isn't hitting the mark so often that they're just like, why are you getting this so wrong? It's possible. And how much, yeah. And how much of it is like things interpersonally are weird or there's just like tensions happening in like negotiations or like what it could possibly be. But it just, a lot of the time it feels like people are coming from kind of like a grumpy frustrated like disappointed place yeah um, i, I see just, a lot of disappointed uh, dad tom on this season well, yeah and like I the, definitely so. with the torchon and then even and then with the um with the venison again where he's just like come on dude you can't yeah, do like, this don't do this in the middle me. is rough stuff yeah yeah anyway I, I yeah it's just something when you said rewatch the season i was like but the vibes are so bad <laughs> yeah. no i didn't want to watch the whole season just i would i would want to just find in the last chance kitchens the pictures yeah, i don't want to watch the whole it'd be nice like so you know i think maybe with like the wire they like they up-resed it right to like to, to 16 by 9 uh, it'd be great if they could like just like up the sentiment somehow where it's like they like just make it all feel better uh you know for for your watch sure is that possible is that a thing we can do um no physically impossible that's okay. like cooking venison in 20 minutes i think top chef and specifically tom have very clear like a very clear desire for everything to get better with every episode. So any mm-hmm. season where like they don't show a clear like progression of okay to great from episode to episode makes them mad because it seems like it's not a it, it's it it makes it invalidates Top Chef. It makes it seem like Top Chef isn't making them better chefs. It makes it feel random. <laughs> so they get mad when like their story isn't reinforced. You're screwing with our point. narrative arc, guys. <laughs> well, and you're like, and I think the like the the other judges that they bring in are progressively higher and higher stakes people, and so then there's sort of a like, why are you not showing off for daddy's friends? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is that's disappointed dad for sure. Daddy brought the governor over. The- <laughs> 
Sandy, whoever. Sandy. <laughs> oh man, that's very funny. What I was going to say. All right, let's get to um, our our big question from Roy Choi to Sled Dog: How Alaska was this episode of Top Chef? Oh, Roy. Alaska. Yeah, in, in more the, Alaska than Seattle ever was. Well, in the setting, yes, but I'm just frustrated that we did get two full episodes here and we didn't see a single Alaskan chef. That's true, but we we covered uh, sunburned white people up in the mountains, and we, we covered we uh, saw dogs. Yeah, we saw dogs. Uh, we saw um, oil money governor. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, former sure? Sarah Palin. A uh, running mate uh, now yeah. works for uh, an oil company. Um, yeah, I don't know. Pretty, pretty Alaska. I want to yeah. say. Um, that yeah, that's true. I um, it is interesting that we got to be in in the governor's house, and um, they didn't feel like comfortable or hosty at all. Um, they still seemed guests in their own house. I don't know. That was kind of interesting. Well, it's awkward when they had to like just go upstairs and watch TV while judges' table was happening. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that is the kind of thing when you have people in your house where you're like, "Well, uh, you know, I uh, got early morning in the morning, so uh, you know, just you could keep it down, I guess, guys." We're just gonna go. <laughs> we got to get going to the bed. We got to govern tomorrow. But um, you guys, no, you know, you have fun. You stay. You st- you judge down here. Yeah. Um, that's the PG version. I, I'm just thinking of like, what if they were like real freaks and like they said, like, you know, who's downstairs right now? <laughs> Someone who couldn't remember my name. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the first lady's like, say my name, prove that you know it. Somebody in this room has to know it. Uh, you're right. That, you're right. That was less PG. You took that to a different place. Um, uh, I think that's a, that's it for that. I have one more email. I have one more email, uh, or actually, this is a message from on Twitter from at Jen Ellens, uh, who said uh, who sent along an article from Reality Blurred, reporting on a couple of cool things that we needed to to find out about. So one is that um, Top Chef Amateurs is going to film in Portland immediately after Top Chef filming is completed. Oh, and probably those of you who are most on Instagram have already seen this, but if you haven't, um, Top Chef, Top Chef Amateurs is going to be be hosted by uh the very uh very great gail simmons yeah cool. yeah isn't that fun i'll take that and, and it's going to be featuring at least six of the top chef all-star judges from this upcoming season are just going to stick around in portland so it really is just kind of like glommed onto the top chef portland season in a way that seems like it's gonna be pretty fun yeah um also that led me to another thing that i found about the upcoming season that i wanted to add which was an interview that the showrunner dunian arc Kenna's um, told uh, did with the Oregonian uh, who said that we will see some changes on the screen this season. Um, Top chef is still working on whole foods, but they're going to be doing curbside pickup. Mm. Did we talk about that last week? I don't think we did. Interesting. So um, the shop is going to be like, Oh, they didn't have that. And somebody picked out something else. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it'll be like, yeah, it's like the Amazon employee has 30 minutes to shop. I don't know. It'll be weird. Oh boy. Um, Troubling. Uh, all, also, Arkana said that uh, we're taking things a bit, little bit slower than we have in the past. We can be in locations when they're closed so that people who aren't tested aren't around. Um, the kitchen is going to be much larger and wider to allow for more distance for our crews and our chefs. And our judges table is much, much larger to keep more distance for everybody. I think we did see in that first hint that it was in Portland, we saw like the ultra wide top chef judges table, which is so funny. I, I hope um, that the chairs are also giant. So just kind of they all feel like hobbits. I don't think they're going to, but I that's I'll put in a word right, for I'll, you. I'll, I'll take the bold prediction then. Did you did you know that Tanya's back? So you can't just say stuff like that as? Uh, is that what I turned into while I wasn't here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> You've stopped him from doing things before, and so when you weren't here, he was like, "Great." I didn't Tanya's feel like gone. I was curbing him. I was mostly just like backing away when these things happened. <laughs> Yeah, he could feel that judgment. It was definitely a conversation that you wouldn't want to be a part of earlier. In the episode. <laughs> you would not have allowed if we had, if you'd been here. Um, oh, no. <laughs> anyway, so thanks, Jen, for sending along that article. And um, yeah, exciting stuff for the upcoming season to learn. Uh, besides Ezra's bold prediction, what are, where are we doing next week? We've got the first half of the finale. Anybody else have anything else you're looking forward to? Uh, I remember nothing about it. No, so I have no yeah, idea what it I'm is. Excited. Absolutely it's like nothing. a hole in my memory. I'm excited to oh, I, um, color it in. Something from the, uh, I did want to mention also from Last Chance Kitchen and from um, 
from watching some of the extra, I did watch the long version of um, Josh's exit interview. And he did say that he doesn't regret any of the way he behaved on this, on the show. And that if he saw John in person, he would say all of the same things to his face again. Um, and part of the reason is because John apparently, uh, while the show is airing, um, liked to talk a lot of shit on Twitter and, uh, did a lot of, so when Josh came back and he said he saw how he looked on TV and so he lost a lot of, lost a bunch of weight, it was actually John calling him fat repeatedly on Twitter. Oh no. Yeah. So in terms of how John and Josh appreciate in your, in your memory, um, no points for, for John, for his post behavior. Mm. Isn't that awful? That is awful. Yeah. Um, uh, what else is happening next week? So we have um, we, Sheldon is getting eliminated, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless somehow he wins. Maybe we've jumped. We've jumped to a different timeline, and yeah. we didn't know it. Could be. Oh, you know what I really wish would have happened on this last episode of Last Chance Kitchen? I wish Andy had been there himself in the walk-in. Oh, oh no! If you're like, oh my god, who's this guy? <laughs> He's like holding a frame around his face. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great ending. All right, well, that's my that's my bold prediction is that Andy is in the walk-in in the next the episode. The vainiest foie gras of all. Gross. All right. Uh, well, we appreciate everybody who writes into the show. Send us along your thoughts. As always, you can send us a mailbag at packyourmics.com. We love your email and your your corrections, your explainers, and your thoughts. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter, and we are there. Two more episodes in this season. It's it's, it's wrapping up. Um, I will say, when you're talking about how disappointing some parts of the season have been, I think I enjoyed it more when I could binge it, where I just like skipped through the like the bad part was just followed by more show. Whereas when I have a week to dwell on it, I'm more sad. I've actually liked the season less, I think, in hindsight than I had originally. Oh, yeah. Not that I don't love hanging out with you guys. And I still look forward to Top Chef Night in our house. But it's like as a season of of Top Chef, it's more disappointing than I remember. Mm. What what night is Top Chef Night for everyone? Ooh, Friday. Friday for us, so that I have Saturday to work on my notes. Ours is usually Friday. Yeah. Well, we uh, we usually are actually doing Sunday uh, or Monday because like. I think we just want to wash over me entirely. Sunday before oh, so you, you record? No, no, no. Like, 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 as in, it'll be today, basically. You're going to leave actually. here and go watch the next episode right away. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. So you're more primed, but your memory has more time to intermingle yeah, with it, the rest it, of your you life. Know, it, it takes about five days to do it right, basically. You can't just, like, uh, <laughs> you the leave your. The rest of us are trying to do it in two days. You leave <laughs> your episode in milk for a couple of days. Yeah, it takes out all the blood. <laughs> all right gross well uh, we hope everybody enjoys their top chef day and we look forward to talking uh to you guys about it two more times in the meantime be sure to jump in your pad mover before it hits surge pricing again um chris maybe you can take that as you are packing your mics and going oh but we're all secretly going home yeah that's true we all oh man i can't wait to see our haircuts next week yeah um yeah, I will have I will have lost weight. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, oh also, uh, it, for for pad mover drivers, everyone vote no on 22. <laughs> <laughs> we want pad we want Padma to be an employee of her company Pad yeah. Mover. Yeah, even though even though Pad Mover says that uh, that uh, like 80 percent of uh, Pad Mover drivers want to be independent contractors, I don't believe it. So um, yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely suspicious we that Padma's boss said that Padma does not want to be paid better. Um, she needs for account money. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good good plug there. As um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, isn't it weird that the rest of the country just like has their lawmakers decide stuff, and only the West Coast is like we should vote specifically on everything. That's um, a fun game. Yeah, it's a great process we have. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah. I guess also everybody enjoy your week of voting if you haven't already. Some good voting coming up for people. Um, yeah, yeah. Is there more to that? Yeah, or are you just agreeing, Chris? No, I was going to say, and if if you're a <laughs> international listener, non-American listener, uh, you know, don't worry about it. It's okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the rumors, you're not actually able to vote here. Yeah. Um. I'm sure there's. St- didn't New Zealand just vote? You can vote. Go vote somewhere. Go vote on something. If you can't, 
if you don't if you can't vote in the American election, find a city that is naming their like tunnel boring machines for a subway station and like oh. vote on that. Like there's Ooh. always something to vote for on the internet. Yeah. Oh, uh, I dig it. That, that's why. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's always going to be something like that's Rose, but I dig it as a good one. Um, vote for uh, Dancing with the Stars. Just find something. Exercise some tiny degree of control over your world. You deserve it. Um, all right. That's enough for us. Thanks for being here, Sarah and Kyle. And Puppy at the end? Yes. He wanted to say a quick hello. He's been eliminated. <laughs> hey, Woody. <laughs> Oh, from rough. the show from the show come on oh, <laughs> not as bad um also chris and tanya thanks for coming in thanks for being here, guys. our pleasure yes indeed and uh thanks for joining us as and sarah and the monster company yeah yeah wouldn't have nothing if i didn't have you alex that's the song that's the randy newman song at the end oh okay yeah i didn't remember monsters inc and i just was not sure if you were being nice or making fun of me so i had to decide what would you pick um <laughs> I assumed I was being roasted. No, um, no, it was it was an I think it could be both a reference but also positive. It, it could be two oh, things. Yeah. It could be reference and positive. Yeah. It's a positive reference. Positive reference. Like for a job. <laughs> that's right. Um, all right. Well, that's fun. Thank you. Um likewise, Monster Buddy. And uh thanks for hanging out with me, Chum. Megan, it's good to talk to you. Thanks, Alex. All right. We will talk to everybody next week. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>